names like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, as always, joined by Harrison Fagan. Harrison, Lakers basketball is back. It did it, It's so weird. September feel like it kind of crawled by forever, and then when the games actually started, I was like, I feel like, I feel like this just last season just ended. How are we back here already? Well, I think I think that's just because you're lazy. So you're like, well, now work is here. So like I, you know, <laughs> I'm already getting uh, Tom Brady memed in in the uh, Slack. So I don't think I don't think I can get both of those. I can't be labeled lazy and also called Tom Brady by Zane in our in our Vox Slack. For coming well, no, back that too was quick from paternity you, leave. That was when you were leaving paternity leave to hang out in a work slack. <laughs> like the lamest possible reason you could leave your time off with your child. <laughs> so I guess I can. I can have the worst of both worlds. I can be labeled both of those things. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, fine. Uh, we are going to talk today about what we have seen from the Lakers thus far. Um, one of my takeaways in last night's lowdown, I think kind of the main takeaway that I had from last night's lowdown was that, Hey, LeBron looks really effing good. And if the Lakers were kind of waiting to see, uh, what he looked like before they committed to winning with him in the short term, that I would, I would argue he has shown everything that he could possibly have shown, uh, to this point. Um, and we're going to allow that to carry us into an interesting tidbit that I don't think got enough attention from uh, the athletics reporting on the the new inner workings or the most updated inner workings of the Los Angeles Lakers in that Jesse and Joey Buss are reportedly, their voices are now the loudest that they have ever been um, to this point in their, in their lives with the Lakers. Um, and, and what that might mean, you know, most people saw that and lauded it. And we're really excited about what that means for good reason. You know, they have been Anthony's here to tell you why it's a bad thing. (laughs) Yeah. But so like, (laughs) so they, uh, for good reason though, like those two have headed up, I would argue the most, uh, effective aspect of the Lakers organization, right? Their ability to find talent, um, in the draft and, in the G League and 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 you know and in, in just places that as as the Lakers are so committed to winning with LeBron James, you are forced to really operate in the in the margins, and they have done a very good job of doing that. You know, so far Cole Swider looks like somebody who who might have a, a, a case to be made at playing rotation minutes. Obviously, Alex Caruso, um, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, you can kind of go down the line of of players that the Lakers scouting department has identified as potentially talented players. And those guys have gone on to, to work out and Jesse and Joey bus are the two who head up that department. And as such, when it was reported that the Lakers are now uh, going to be steered more by those guys than they have in the past, 
most fans kind of took that and said, awesome, that's great news. When, you're, when, you're, uh, when your team is dependent on nepotism, you're sitting there hoping that one of the kids aren't completely inept, right? <laughs> you're, you're muted, you're muted. But It's but sort yeah. of like when you're watching Game of Thrones or House yeah. of the Dragon or whatever, you're like, okay, like which kid seems like they're not bad at everything? Yeah. You know, right. Like, right. It's it's the well, I'm from Game of Thrones, right? When they said that um it reached a point with the Targaryens that they would flip a coin. The gods would flip a coin and figure out which one's gonna be mad and which one's gonna be good. And yeah. you just kinda hope that the mad one was lower down the pecking order when it come to when it came to who was actually going to assume power and the good ones were in line for actual, you know, air spots that, that would lead to real leadership roles. And, and I think, you know, not to compare the buses to the Targaryens and, and yeah, all that's of that. fair. That's fair. I, I think we don't <laughs> want to necessarily draw that comparison. I, 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 I take that back. Although a lot of people did when Jeannie fired. It's Jim. true. She did. She, no, she and Kobe both called herself yeah, the mother, the mother of, dragons. of dragons. So, so you know what? Never mind. You know what? It's back on the table. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> They haven't seen the prequel yet, in fairness. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> or um, seen how the original series ended for the Mother of Dragons. Have you liked but, that? Have you liked House of Dragons? I have, yeah. You did? You have? Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm... You just hate everything, so it's fine. We've established this on the <laughs> podcast. You find a way, anything that's good or popular or anything like that, you're like, here's why this is a bad thing. I think it looks incredible. I think they're making a lot of the same mistakes that late stage game of thrones was making last time uh okay broke boy skip bayless i don't (laughs) (laughs) does this make you Stephen a yeah same same hairline you know (laughs) i think i'm shannon in this case (laughs) same amount of energy just <laughs> I, I, I strive shannon sharp is actually my broadcasting role model i really yeah. just try to i i hope that comes through for people that like i just really try to emulate everything <laughs> i see on screen from him you're you're knocking it this out this is of the me doing here, my so. best impression this is really it's a really good one it's 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 outstanding yeah it's scary uh, so so yeah i i think yeah i i on House of Dragons, quick quick thing, and then we'll move back oh, to the God. Lakers. Right. No, here's my thing. Game of Thrones was like, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, like fantasy is about the, the it's not about the destination, right? Like in, in Lord of the Rings, at the end of those movies, the people who said like, wait, why didn't you just take the eagles there in the first place? You were missing the point. It's the growth along the way that allows you to do the thing that you need to do with the ring when you get there. Um, and it's the sacrifice and knowing what what... Like why that ring needed to be destroyed. And if you take the eagles there, you don't necessarily know that. And you make the mistake that Isildur made way back when, when he decided not to destroy, destroy the rings. And I think here with Game of Thrones, like early Game of Thrones, we, got, we were along for the ride. We saw Tyrion go from just a complete douchebag to, oh, I, I kind of like this guy. Even though you kind of liked him from the get-go, but like you saw the growth that really made him the kind of character that resonates beyond uh, in, in, in a disastrous final season, you walk away from me like, you know what? That's still a part of it that I kind of like. And I think here it's just set piece after set piece after set piece. And, and I don't know, all the, all the time. I'm sorry, this is too much just... excitement and CGI for you. 
I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's for people. Like, they prefer their, their yeah, Game of Thrones to be. Not as high minded as you, Anthony. You I know? mean, like, look, it, maybe we all just need everything to be made by Michael Bay. Like, that's, that's like everything needs to be Michael Bay production. Okay, a Game of Thrones show made by Michael Bay would be kind of lit, though. <laughs> it kind of would be. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Fox is with, with the white hair and stuff. Yeah, I could see it. Um, all right. So back to the Lakers. Let's, let's start, though. I think. I think the reason I wanted to talk about LeBron and, and, and like my main takeaway so far from preseason thus far is, look, if the Lakers basically said to themselves, organizationally speaking, uh, we don't want to make a move in the offseason that completely shutters any chance that we have at being decent after LeBron is gone, uh, bef- we don't want to do anything like that without seeing LeBron on a court. Honestly, I get it. I totally, I, I, I completely understand it. I don't know that that's, that's the way that they went about this because they seem to have tried all off season to do, <laughs> to make a deal. And they keep leaking like once every other week or so that they were this close, you guys, this close to making the deal. So I don't know I necessarily. texting reporters that I'm hard at work at my job and none of them will leak it. It's, it's frankly BS. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, I, I don't think that that's necessarily what they were doing, but if, if this was a part of the math here, then I think that box has been checked, right? LeBron looks incredible. Anthony Davis You're there after one preseason. I mean, he looked great last night, but I'm just, yeah. you of all people, I'm frankly shocked are like, I that. mean, it, my, my, oh. my bar for confidence in LeBron is really low. Well, <laughs> also, I guess like for you, it kind of, it, it allows you to reinforce your preconceived notions of what you think the Lakers should do. And That's so you're fair. just kind of looking for any evidence to support yeah. your case. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely fair. Absolutely As we fair, all do. I feel seen. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, you, you disagree, like you don't, you were concerned about how LeBron was going to look heading into this season. No, no, no. My concerns, I guess, are more around the durability of to him, a somewhat lesser degree. And then like Anthony Davis and just like, you know, like the channel, my inner Bill Simmons, like, I want to see it. I want to see it for, for a month or two, you know? Right. I mean, that's. I want to see that, those guys stay on the court for 20 games and look really good and like look solid. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, it's all in, you know, this team is one move away from yeah. being a contender. I get it. You know, it's the, it's the model of 2020 a little different, but you know, you have the, these two incredible guys get another couple role pieces for them. Let's see what cooks out in the playoffs. But yeah. I, I'm just, I had no concerns about like when LeBron is on the court, he's going to look incredible because he's LeBron. Just it's how the, often will he be there? Yeah, exactly. And less so him, but like AD and, you know. And again, AD I'm already overly, is dealing with back tightness. And I'm not tightness. overly concerned about that because, uh, you know, we, we've we seen this. Uh, teams will sit a guy for a hangnail during the preseason. You yeah. know, it's, it's for any reason. And so I, I'm not like in panic mode about him at all. But I'm just saying last night, the specific concerns that I had did all, last night did almost nothing to uh, kind of dissuade them. Yeah, I mean, the AD thing is weird because... Like if we're already dealing with back tightness, lower back tightness, and and the back especially makes me nervous with big guys. Uh, like if there was a if there was a quote unquote injury that could pop up, the back and the feet are the two things I was hoping to not hear at all about when it came to AD's summer and and what the Lakers are kind of keeping a closer eye on. 
Um, and that's and, and look to your point. I am looking. I am fo- focusing more on wow. Look at LeBron out there. He looks incredible. Um, than I am. Hey, AD got held out of a preseason game. Two preseason games in for a lower back issue. That sure the Lakers can can say that, that it's precautionary, but they were they were holding out Kendrick Nunn all of last year for precautionary reasons. So like, I don't think that was all precautionary. <laughs> I mean, it, early on in the season, I think early, by the end of the season, it might have been precautionary. But well, like, it, ooh, I mean, early on in the season, that's what they were selling us, right? Oh, don't worry about it. He'll he'll. he'll I don't be fine. think they ever said it was precautionary. I think they just said yeah. like he is injured, but he's like day to day for yeah. like. You know, like two hundred mates. He was day, day. today, today, yeah. today, we're, today, we're all today, day today, today. To really think about it. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know. So yeah, look, if you want, you made a really good point that I am confirming my bias with what I was hoping to see from LeBron because if that's what we saw from LeBron, that would lead to me getting my way essentially, right? That could potentially lead to me getting my way and Russ gets traded uh, for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, and the Lakers would would try to to salvage this thing. And, and look, I, the other part of this thing that, that needs to be mentioned, Russ has looked really good. You know? Yeah. I, 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 I have seen Like enough... as good as could reasonably be expected, I think. Yeah. I, I, th- I have had no complaints. I, I think there's been a couple turnovers and stuff like that, but that's to be expected with a new system. Well, and uh, also, like, it's just Russ. That's part of yeah. it. Even when he was an MVP, he turned the ball over a lot. Like, yeah. that's, that's just something. It's that's a cre- something creativity tax. Creativity yeah. tax, yeah. And so I think I think it needs to be mentioned here, like, and it kind of goes back to what we've said all along with Russ, though, is it's not even necessarily, like, the, the need to move Russ doesn't necessarily have everything to do with him, the basketball player. It's that the Lakers need they have so many other holes elsewhere in their roster and he's the only way to fill those holes and you know it's unfair and it it comes off as as scapegoating for russ and and making him the reason why everything fell short last season um but but in reality like the lakers still do like everybody keeps saying like oh man i can't wait to see what it looks like when dennis Schroeder comes back i'm like and how russ is playing fine patrick beverly has been good like Kendrick Nunn has been fantastic. What, I got the what are you going to see from after game one when that kind of uh, that yeah. insane hockey sub bench unit yeah. was like relying on Pastor Beverly yeah. twerking for fouls to like yeah. four points and Austin Reeves was turning the ball over. Like I got the Schroeder like, oh, wait, okay. Can we, can we like call Biden and get him to like green light <laughs> Schroeder's like entrance into the country real quick? Right. Like does yeah. anybody know anyone in the white house? Like, can we, can we expedite this? Uh, yeah. But then last night, you know, Austin looked fine kind of as a yeah. like, secondary ball. Absolutely. Handler. Like, Papev's looked good. Russ, I think has embraced his role as much as anyone could have ever expected him to. Mm-hmm. More than I have, more more than I did. Way more than I did. Yeah. Um. So I think, but do I retroactively claim I'm right if Russ ends up like contributing to winning this year in like the ways that I hoped he could last year, but then gave up on? No. (laughs) I'm still gonna do it, but no, I don't think it works like that because last season still happened. Like it's yeah, not... I still, and also I gave up on it. So like I didn't, I didn't like I should have, I should have committed to the take and just been yeah. like, no, it was everyone else that set Russ up for failure. Hey, look, plenty, plenty of people true, are still but... doing that. Plenty, yeah. plenty, you know, it's it's still a a 
a position to take uh, uh, apparently. But but yeah, I think the Lakers if they were holding out on making a decision with Russ for what LeBron looks like, what AD looks like, um it, and AD I'm looked curi- great in game 1. Yeah, he did. And so but unfortunately it's the AD story, right? He looks yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. No, and but then, my point is more that, you know, the, the guards have looked good. Like, pretty much every role player has looked about what you would expect or hope yeah. from them. Russ has looked good. He's looked bought in. LeBron, you know, after the 0 for 7 where he was kind of just jogging around out there, messing, yeah. messing around. And Getting then he, some he, he wanted to put on a show for the future fans of his team in Las Vegas last night. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a fucking great take. Yeah. <laughs> that is so good. Um, And so <laughs> he was dropping 40-footers going from half court. like The, just, the single foot three-point pointer was yeah, it was really all like guys i could be your owner he wanted to put it all out there for what he called after the game the best fans in the world sorry <laughs> lakers fans it's the las vegas fans oh my the, god dude which honestly so if you've ever been to a lakers summer league game i kind of don't disagree like the lakers las vegas fans might be the best fans in the world sorry. they are sorry the crypt you're on the hot seat um but like you know all that the artist formerly known as the crypt yes no, it's still the crypt. It's the oh, crypt. It's just, the future don't call former it the other crypt. Name. We're not sure if the check's cleared. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, they uh, money laundering arena for yeah. from from here from this point. Forward. Anthony said that, not me. Um, <laughs> I, you know, LeBron's look like all of those pieces have looked great. The only parts that have not looked all that great so far, and again, it's two preseason games. I don't want to overreact, but are the shooting and which we knew the, the two and the centers. Oof. I wonder if there's a trade out there that could potentially address both of those needs <laughs> in fairly one well. Way. Yeah. And the thing, too, is like, again, Russ has looked good. Good. Not fine. Good, I think, to this point. And yet, the Lakers have plenty of other good options there so that if they move him and you bring in Heald and you bring in Turner, now the roster makes a lot more sense. The, their only guy in that like six sixes range is Troy Brown Jr. And he's currently out a while. He, he currently has the Kendrick Nunn Memorial a ways away. Yeah. Uh, the, the report report designation. So, so you know, I would, I would think that at some point the Lakers are probably going to have to address that. And so it, I know, I know I, I, and you were at perfectly right to call me out on on yeah I'm I'm all of my analysis is directed towards this thing that I have been saying all summer long, but it doesn't make it any less true. I don't think that <laughs> that that the thing that I have said all summer long still needs to happen. The thing that the Lakers seem to have planned their offseason around still needs to happen, and until it does, there's still kind of a ceiling on it because like. The Lakers looked good, I thought. Looked fine, I guess, against the Kings, right? And we're up by like seven or eight points and kind of maintained that seven or eight point lead. But it never really expanded to a 15-ish point lead that it felt like they should have, right? Last night against Phoenix, they had like a 10, 12-point lead. But honestly, the Lakers were playing as if they should have had a 20-point lead. They were they were that much better, I thought, than, than Phoenix was. They're just that bad at shooting. Is They're kind just of, is kind of the problem. You, like, yeah. you can't expand that lead yeah. when there's nobody to drop that haymaker to take a, a seven or eight point run to a twelve or thirteen point run, and and every every I would say third or fourth stop or or second or third kill, right? As the Lakers are, are designating them, 
Um, at the end of those kills, usually what forces a timeout is one of those three-pointers in transition that Buddy Heald is really effing good at, you know, <laughs> and, and, and the Lakers are still kind of missing that explosiveness. And not to say anything about Russ, I think he has handled all of this really professionally and he has looked, again, good, but he's the only way that the Lakers can address that concern. And and by the way, it's still not a perfect move because Heald doesn't play defense. I was going to say, like you're talking about they're still lacking those wings. Like Heald does not solve yeah, that problem. No, yeah. he does not. They would, still, they would still need Troy Brown to be less than a ways away to get a little bit of help on the wing. And Miles Turner, like I, I tweeted out yesterday that the Lakers might need to trade for Miles Turner as Anthony Davis insurance. And plenty of people have since responded. It's not like Miles Turner is is Mr. Reliable on the court either. So like there are, but those guys are available because of those question marks. Except it's just that like those question marks, I am much less worried about than the question marks that currently face the Lakers because of how un, uneven this roster is. Um is there anything else that you want to add from like the basketball aspect of this? No, not really. I, I mean, I think you've covered it all. Um, you know, you know, I think, I think we've dug into most of it. It's just going to be like, you know, the elephant in the room is they still have, you know, another guard that expects to play a role in minutes coming two over. Of two, two of them. Dennis Schroeder and Lonnie Walker. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Lonnie Walker has not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot about the Lakers mid-level signing. That's too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I always Brown, I've been him. like, des- it sounds like they've designated him a wing. So that's less yeah. of like, even well, though, you, you know, to. again, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like there's still Dennis Schroeder and Lonnie Walker. And it's just like, this team is in, like it's imbalanced. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, there's only so much that you can say to kind of beat they around like push. three Russ replacements and then kept Russ. <laughs> but that's the thing though, Harrison, that's why we said, because this, this trade, this Miles Turner and Buddy Heel trade has been there all summer, right? They could have made this trade. And if you make that trade and then have the offseason the Lakers had, I think it's a perfectly fine offseason, right? I yeah. still don't know. I don't, I'm still not 100% in on the Lonnie Walker. I, I would have preferred an actual wing and not somebody that the Lakers are trying to talk themselves into as being a wing because of his athleticism. But like... Patrick Beverly trade makes a lot of sense if you don't have Russ there. Dennis Schroeder on a minimum is, is I think, a very good value um, if you don't have Russ there. And then you have Buddy Heald to offer some spacing. You have Miles Turner as the best front court player that, that the Lakers have had next to AD to this point. Um, it, that, that roster, I think, makes quite a bit of sense. But again, I could totally understand if the Lakers didn't want to commit to that roster until they saw LeBron and they saw Anthony Davis, not just in in the way that I'm talking about as as the few minutes here and there that they've played together through two preseason games but they I and and I don't think it's a coincidence that Eric Pincus just kind of threw out 20 games or so that the Lakers might use to uh might use to decide on these things and so we might be sitting here waiting on it the only thing is like I I don't think I need extra data to continue to tell me what we seem to have known all along. Like the Miles Turner and Buddy Heel trade makes a bunch of sense. And yeah, it's ideal if you can get away with doing it with only one pick, but that offer isn't there on the table. And the longer that you wait on this, the less time that you have to work healed into the rotation and to figure things out. Like 
AD and Miles Turner might be clunky together. And you need a lot of time for those two to play together if, if your best lineups are going to have both of them out there. And now you're gonna now you're gonna forego a quarter of the season to to kind of arbitrarily decide something that we kind of sort of know all, already. Ideally, you would have wanted a camp, you know. I you'd think or a summer, and maybe like a whole a whole summer where D- Darvin Ham and the coaching staff are planning on how to implement those guys together. Yeah. Do you think they have anyway? Do you think they like they they just like they have like a ghost Google Doc? And they it's have like, like <laughs> shared with a couple people. You know? They have like side meetings. It's like all right, yeah. here's here's the weekly meeting, and then like all right, stick around. We have like 15 extra minutes. We gotta yeah, like, we gotta um, talk about uh you know Milo, super Mile Schmerner. Uh, <laughs> friendly shield yeah yeah we got (laughs) um all right so on that on that note though again interesting interesting timing on the report um that as we are oh oh, you want to do that yeah yeah, you got to do that you got to do the windy thing it's i i guess i i have similarly shaped head as windy so it even works like why would they do that right yeah um so in that report in which Rob swears, he swears, oh God, he swears that he is trying super duper hard to do things for the Lakers. Uh, one of the one of the tidbits in there was that Jesse and Joey Buss now have uh, a more sway than they have to this point in their careers, um, which again, I think is mostly a good thing. I don't know. I don't necessarily know about adding more cooks to an already organized and 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 clumped kitchen i if you're going to add a couple voices i would say maybe remove one or two of them so that so that i and i guess like inherently if somebody's getting more power in kind of a zero-sum game others are maybe getting less hi rob that's unfortunate but one it was it was interesting we get that report and then in that same report, a few seconds or, or sentences or so later, we get, but now there's there's some discord on whether the Lakers, in, internal discord on whether the Lakers should include both of those picks. And if I, just, you know, hypothetically speaking, if I am kind of, if my power resides in utilizing draft capital and I am trying to continue to grow my power over the organization through my ability to turn those picks into good players, um, I might not necessarily want to continue to trade pick after pick after pick after pick and not have a first rounder till like 2030 something. Uh, so I'm not saying it outright that like Jesse and Joey Buss are the ones who are definitely adamantly against trading this pick. But it would kind of make some sense, right? Like it would make a little bit of sense. In more ways than one, Anthony, I, yeah. I think it would make sense. Like I, I think you got to think a little bit bigger picture, honestly. Right. So you know, if you go into this report, the exact phrasing down here is when they're talking about sort of these deliberations, like you know, would they be championship difference makers long term, or would Turner's looming free agency this summer undermine the Lakers' big picture plans? So here's the next graph. 
While Palinka has give, been given the ultimate power to make decisions, sources say there was a desire for the entire group to come to consensus. Now, what's the next sentence there? It appears the voices of Joey and Jesse Buss are be, being considered among Lakers leaders now more than ever. If they were going to make a gamble on a make-or-break move of this magnitude, the thinking went, then everyone had to have confidence in the same vision. But when that wasn't the case, sources say, the choice was made by Palinka to remain patient and see, yet again, if Westbrook might find a way to make this imperfect fit with the Lakers work. I don't think that it is an accident that there is that report of them having more power and being more considered than ever in the exact graph where they are talking about how Polinko <laughs> is basically blocked from making a trade. Yeah. And yeah. You know, look, I, I think I'm, that makes I, again, a bit of sense. I, I don't, I don't know who the voices, you know, reject. For all we know, it's Palinka, and he's like, "No, I'm still going to be here in 2030. I don't, I don't want to give up those picks, mm-hmm. you know. Like maybe he really just feels secure, and he doesn't want to give them up. Maybe Kurt Rambis like really likes, you know, the 2029 draft class that he's been the all the footage he's probably been watching of that class. You know, do you Brett. think? Do you think Kurt Rambis thinks Victor Wembanyama is like? In the 2027 class, do you think? No, that's he's like on? that's he's like that guy's too skinny. He's gonna suck in the NBA. Uh, I think we gotta play him at the two. Like <laughs> he, <laughs> Kurt Rambis definitely likes that ho you fat player. Yeah, he's like uh, you know that this this Wemben Wemben mania guy. Like he just, <laughs> I don't understand all the hype. He's so skinny. Man, he's too How damn tall. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, yeah. So, but. You know, I'm just thinking like bigger picture in terms of like voices that we know are in the room that don't want to, that would potentially not want to give up the picks. Like Jeannie would make sense as someone who potentially does not want to do that. Like Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of talk this summer about how that could potentially be damaging long-term for the franchise. Like, you know, she is theoretically still going to be owning this thing in like, you know, in 2030 and beyond and whatever like that. It very much seems to be the plan is for her to own the Lakers for a long, long time and, you know, go with that. So, you know, maybe she's looking out for the best long-term prospects uh, for the franchise. But, you know, I I was just, I I was reading the story. And then after talking to you a little bit about this, like the thing that I came to is like, if you're Joey and Jesse Buss, again, Mm -hmm. this is all like hypothetical, but if you're them, why would you want to make this trade? Because, you know, again, that's going to sound blasphemous to like the people who are like, oh, this is you got to do whatever, go all in to help LeBron and AD win one more. But if I'm getting in Joey and Jesse Buss's heads and the potential for upward movement here and whatever, like, you know, Palinka, by all accounts, by all the reporting from this summer, like he's safe, whatever, he was never going to lose his job. But, you know, even the reports have been like, he is he has one year to figure this thing out type of thing was Mm -hmm. generally the vibe of it. And so if you are the next in line, basically, because we know that this is how the Lakers op- operate. It's it's nepotism. Like, they're not going to go get Sam Presti or Masai Ujiri or whoever. Yeah. Like, if if and when Palinka is gone, like, Joey and Jesse Buss potentially stand to inherit some real power on the basketball operations Sounds side. like they're already in that process. If they are now gaining, you know, if they have that louder voice in the room... Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, this is not to, like, discourage that. Like, they seem like they're proven and could be relatively oh, good. Like, they're, they're good executive prospects. But, you know, if I'm them, like, do I want to let Palinka potentially mortgage the future to make a trade that maybe saves his job? Or do I want to take one year of pain to potentially get a promotion? You know, and, and still have those picks that's to then the thing. look better when I either draft players or use them to make a move and improve upon the product 
of what Polinka was getting. And you have the opportunity to hide it under the guise of good faith of looking out for the franchise's long-term things. You can't, you don't have to say like, no, I hope you fail because like, I would like this job. You can just be like, no, we're, we're still going to be here. We own that. We're co-owners of this team. We aren't letting you trade these picks for a move that may not work. We've seen this Harrison. We've seen this story play out before with the Lakers. <laughs> we, we've, this is this is well documented territory. This is not like <laughs> you think they'll let Jim come back as a scout. So <laughs> it just keep look, man. They they keep letting Bring magic back in chats. the door. Get the band back together. Yeah, but like when at the end of Jim's time, I almost said rain. <laughs> at the at the end of Jim's at the end time, of Mad Jim's reign atop <laughs> atop atop the purple and gold throne. Jim spelt like J A E M. That was the, that was actually the final straw was that he tried to melt down the Larry O'Brien trophies to be oh, into man. like a desk chair. Into um, a chair. You know. yeah. That he kept cutting himself on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh his arm fell off. It was a whole thing, but not a big deal. He's, he's still gonna rule for a long time, guys. For they just keep an obscene number of maggots in the Lakers. The Saris really should have glued a ball uh, a baseball cap to his head. That it looked a lot like <laughs> Honestly, they would look really alike if he wore that Travis Matthews. Hat. Oh man, damn, we're good at this. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> we need to make that image. All right, <laughs> Master Red Snapper, Viserys <laughs> Bus. <laughs> I'm never gonna unsee that. I'm back in on House of Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so like we've seen this play out though, where Jim at the end of his tenure, right, was saying, "Look, if we make the playoffs, I save my job." Now, I think the Lakers had to make the playoffs and get into like the second round and compete for like a Western Conference Finals um, in order to save Jim Buss's job there. And the way that he was apparently ready to do that was to trade a bunch of stuff to go get DeMarcus Cousins, reportedly. And uh, the the trade made its way up to, to Jeannie, where she was allowed to give her input on it. And she... I don't even think this is reportedly. I believe she's told this story on a podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so so she said no on the deal, right? And again, like I'm not saying we don't have to be cynical here, but if I'm Jeannie, I'm saying, wait a second, do I want yeah. Jim to be saved here? Like, why do I want do I want Jim's job to be saved here when I stand to uh, again take complete control of the of the, the organization? Brian Throne and Jeannie, Jeannie and spe specifically, right? Where like we've seen it in the Hulu doc, she probably really hates the idea that her dad went to Johnny first and then went to Jim. And then Jim kept fucking up and she's just sitting there waiting for her opportunity. And Jim comes with one more chance, one more swing for the fences that could really hamper the, the organization moving forward. And she's saying, nah, we're good yeah. here. We're not going to do this. And, and, you know, again, like, I, and it can be both self-motivated and the right decision. Yeah. It, like, it, and it was, it was yeah. right. Like that, that would have given the way that that's the nicest DeMarcus thing that you've said about Jeannie Buss in the entire history of this podcast. I, I don't really have a problem with with Jeannie. Yeah, I know. I I I think you know. Again, I I think it's wild how many people line up to say 
how great a person she is. And I don't say like wild, like sarcastically. I think it's really cool that every single time I talk to people about Jeannie Buss, they say she is incredibly nice, um, which is really unique for for somebody in that position. But anyway, so like I, I think when 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 you look at Jesse and Joey, uh, same thing, right? They're looking at this and they're saying, well, and I, it, it's kind of funny here. The irony here is that it's another big who can kind of sort of space the floor, some injury concerns, right? Yeah. They're, si- they're sitting here like a former king. <laughs> was Miles Turner king? No, buddy, buddy. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So like they're, they're, they're probably sitting here saying like, well, all right, we could do this. Why would we want Rob Palenka saved? Because if Rob is gone, you know, is is Jess, it, no Joey's them or Kurt Joey's Rambis the older is one. GM, you know, it's yeah, Joey's the older one, right? So yes, uh, I believe so. So Joe Joey's probably especially sitting there saying like, you know, it's really easy to just look at this under the guise and present it under the guise of this is not the wise move here moving forward because we would be completely stripped of assets for the foreseeable future. And also, by the way, if this guy gets fired, I get his job. So it's like, <laughs> I kind of sort of get it. And and Jesse is saying also, like, if Joey is waiting for Rob Polinka to be gone to assume power, then Jesse is waiting for the scraps of that power that he definitely has no real access and, and no, um, you know, he, he, he. Jesse's really highly regarded. I, I would imagine that he, he is. Oh sure, and he look. As, he still he still holds an important role yeah, yeah, as yeah. head of scouting and all of that stuff. But it's not it's not GM. If Joey's the president of basketball operations and Jesse becomes GM, that is that's a significant promotion. And and again, all of this is hypothetical. Yeah. All of this is just kind of you know. This is just us trying to figure out why like why what, all of a sudden possible hold up here. Right. Well, and what and, is going on in Los yeah. Angeles? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be bad. It can just be what it might be. You know. Uh, how do you feel though about? How do you feel though about the Lakers potentially foregoing? Because I do you think having seen what you've seen now, not just from LeBron, but I think like what we've seen from Kendrick Nunn would make me think that he can be a, a, a pretty decent part of a, of a playoff rotation. Uh, I think what we've seen from AD when he was, when he was out there says like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to bet on that guy when he's healthy. Um, given what I, I really liked the energy, like Patrick Beverly was out there, like ready to fight Chris Paul, which I am a zillion percent here for. I, I was not a Pat Bev fan. I, I he kind of won me over just through last night. Yeah. Like, right. Well, that we knew like, that was going to happen. Well, yeah, but just like watching him d up Chris Paul ninety four feet for an entire preseason game, <laughs> the second preseason game of the year was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Performance art. Yeah, uh, and I and you know I still have some questions about Damian Jones and about uh, Thomas Bryant. You know, I think if you added those two guys up, you'd have a decent backup center, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. necessarily work that way. So, but but still, like I think there are the pieces there, and if you add a great shooter like Buddy Heald. And if you add a big like uh, Miles Turner and a talent like Miles Turner, I think that does give you a few options here moving forward. How would you feel about the Lakers potentially foregoing that opportunity here, given what we've seen so far from the Lakers? Yeah, that's a hard question. I I mean, 
because it's like, how do we evaluate these picks? You know, how do we value them? Like, do we, uh, do we take on the like idea that maybe there's going to be some disgruntled player that wants to force their way to LA out of like a bad situation. And maybe those are valuable to have in your back pocket. Uh-huh. You know, I, I think that they have mostly played this all right so far because just for the fact that like Buddy Heald's on a bad contract. Like there's a reason that teams are not lining up to, you know, give up stuff yeah. for him. And there's a reason that teams, you know, despite the tra- Pacers trying to trade him for like his entire career have not bit on Miles Turner. Yeah. You know, like this is not, it's not in a the vacuum, player who was not, more sought at the time was Sabonis. Yeah. It's this not last like, year. It's, it's not a two first round pick package on its face, but for where the Lakers are at right now, you know, especially if they continue to look like this throughout the preseason, you know, and LeBron continues to look this good, AD continues to look this good, you know, I, I think I'd lean towards doing it and just saying, you know, uh, to channeling, you know, your inner less need, just saying F them picks. Who yeah. cares about the future? Let's let's try and get this now. We might not be alive in 2030. <laughs> look, man, Kendrick Nunn, you, me, we're all day today. Yeah. You know, it, Troy Brown, we're all in day In the grand today. game of life, we're all day today. Those picks are a ways away, Harrison. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're on, they should start putting them on the injury report. I will. I. I do. I do also think a part of this thing, a part of this story that I don't think is getting enough attention, especially having seen Wembenyama, Wembenyama. I think is it's an M at the end there, um, and Scooter. Scooter looked similarly impressive, scoot, but yeah, Scoot. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's me getting old. Scooter's his dad. <laughs> Perfect. So, so yeah, I think uh, part of this though is for Indiana. Like the reason they would make this trade, right, is to bottom out, and uh, they would probably wind up waving Russell Westbrook. He would go somewhere. And by the way, like if he plays the way that he's played so far this year, I do think he can help. He would get picked up. Me too. And he, I, I said this on Locked On Lakers last night. I figure we're forty minutes in, so I can mention another pod. I know that you mm-hmm. get upset about that kind of stuff, but yeah, like Russ deserves legitimate. Locked credit. On Lakers? What's the, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they forgot about you too. I, um, <laughs> you know, I, like I, I mean, clearly, if they're having you on, <laughs> <laughs> Russ deserves a tremendous amount of credit for how he has bought in, been yeah. a complete professional throughout all of this, and mm-hmm. not just like saying and doing the right things off of the court, whatever, actually carrying it forward and on, and making a seemingly good faith effort to, you know. D up on you know, yeah. for the, as much as you ever see a vet do a vet is not Patrick Beverly do so in the preseason. Yeah. You know, playing, playing the way that they want him to offensively, you know, there's going to be a couple rush shots. There's going to be a couple of rush turnovers. That stuff happens, but it, he like, for the most part, he has looked really bought in and handled this. I think as well as anyone could have ever asked him to. And I think he does deserve praise for that. Absolutely. Uh, so I, but like, I, I just think like the, the clips, like breaking down his defense right now, it's it, like, it's lame, you know, yeah. like it's not, it, it's not necessary. You can do like, that with literally every player out there. Yeah. Especially every in the single play. No, that's what I mean. Let me, every let me show you single... some LeBron defensive clips from the other right. night, you know, from right. game one, not game two, game two, he was locked in for the great people of Las Vegas. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, but the, I, I, the, the thing I was going to mention here, right here at the end is, Indiana, because we have now seen uh, Wimbanyama and because we have seen Scoot, um, and by the way, there are there are prospects behind those guys who draft Twitter are 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 also kind of salivating at. But 
with a with a prospect as incredible as 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 Wemby is, like you're gonna see some hilarious tanking. And and I think for from Indiana's perspective, is it worth it to get a twenty twenty nine first rounder from the Lakers to potentially risk a couple extra wins that you might get while you have Buddy Healed on your roster, while you have Miles Turner on your roster. Um, and and uh, I, I don't I don't think it is because yeah, the when, Pacers are like asking the exact opposite question of the Lakers. They're like, are we bad enough that one yeah. move puts us in but number one pick territory? You have to ask that question. Like yeah, even yeah. even with the flattened odds, you have to ask that question. You have yeah. to give yourself every opportunity here at doing that. And I'm not saying like the Pacers should. It, just like I've never said with the Lakers that the Lakers should make a trade for the sake of making a trade. I don't think the Pacers should just give away Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. But like I think from from both sides here, in ways that I don't necessarily, especially after seeing Wembenyama the other night, and after the league saw Wembenyama the other night and earlier today, I, I I do think we've reached that point where we should be asking like, what's Indiana's like? Why why aren't why isn't enough? I don't think we're we're paying enough attention to what Indiana stands to lose by winning a couple extra games here yep. with Buddy Heald and Miles Turner on their roster. Um, and I, that I might do, be what the Lakers are waiting for. Might you know? be. You know, it's, it might be. Take it back to Aaron like we always do. Deadlines promote action. Yeah. So and and I, You can ask you him know. about what deadlines the Lakers are looking at on tomorrow's uh, episode of The Hook. Oh, I'm, I'm dude, I'm, I'm, he's going to be drinking a lot of unnamed coffee. I was going to say, is he going to be, be alive after like two nights in Vegas? Like, you know, three nights in Vegas? He's like, he's flying back, getting back at like, you know, eight or 10 in the morning or something like that. And then immediately doing my show. Oh, that's going to be a rough pod. I, yeah. Like for him. Yeah. It's going to be great for all of us, but for him, (laughs) maybe he'll be like still Vegas drunk enough off of that to let something slip. Yeah. No, there's your tease. He's going to be hung over and having to deal with you. I, yeah, I, I, Aaron's a saint. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. All right. Uh, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lounge, unless you have any mishaps that you that you want to take us through. No, no, All I right. do not. I've I've had a pretty good week, honestly. I mean, not knock on wood. Like that's too bad. That's, yeah, that's really a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I I try to I try to bring people the content, but just unfortunately, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I almost had a mishap this morning. Like they did like bug spray in our like we have like a pest guy that comes around every so often in our uh-huh. apartment building. And he like sprayed in our kitchen. And for some reason, like my eyes were watering all morning. So I was a little mm. concerned about that. But, you know, nothing happened. So I'm sorry. I'm not like blind for you for the show. It's not it's just it's a lack of commitment. You know, yeah. we just we I, just I should have stayed in there. Just breathed in the fumes. You yeah, know? we just it's... praised Russell Westbrook for his professionalism and and. You know, look at you over here. Just I, taking I'm not the doing what it out. takes to win. I, I think that's what we, <laughs> that's the conclusion we came to. Did you have All any right. parental mishaps? Uh, no, no. Still haven't even like bumped his head on anything like that. that that's the thing that happens. Well, just wait till Avery finds out that you're considering giving him an extension and not her. <laughs> He's going to get a real head bump then. <laughs> trying to think with Avery. No, nothing. I mean, like I... The other day I told Avery, like, all right, it was nap time. And I was just so exhausted that I fell asleep and Avery was like doing cartwheels around her room. But other than that, like, that's nothing that any parent hasn't experienced. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, as things that she could have done while you were asleep not monitoring her when you were supposed to be, like, there are a lot worse things. Yeah. Yeah. She I mean, could have been was... like, I wonder what's behind the electrical outlet. You know, it's like all kids have done it. It's not I did it as a child. Like, there was a power drill stuff. in there because I'm doing some stuff around the house. But other than that, like that. Oh, God. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week.